Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Harrell, and you're listening to What in the Weird. The Weekly Rune came out Monday. For those who are subscribed to Patreon, it came out Sunday ad-free. If you'd like to show your support for The Weekly Rune, you can search for it on Patreon. And thank you for doing that. You can also subscribe to the regular version through my website, soulintentarts.com, and you guys are all rock stars. And if you want to see the image for the weekly rune on my Instagram, it's there every week at Kelly Soul Arts, and it's also in the blog itself, which is at Soul Intent Arts. Okay, so last week stirred some things up, yeah? Damn right it did. We entered into the final phase of the Ingwa's initiation, which means Ingwa's became the half-month rune, which it is this week and will be through the 29th of May. Now, I talked in the last episode at length about the Ingwa's initiation. The nutshell of that is Ingwa's brings the point of springing some new consciousness or awareness on the world around you that started incubating back in November. That sounds awesome, you say. What could be so intense about that, you ask? Well, we all know that difficult change is hard, right? That's a no-brainer. The thing is, Wanted change, awesome change, spectacular, I wanted this more than anything else in my life change is also stressful. The only reason we think it isn't is because we don't experience it as often as the life-challenging kind or because our brains allow us to experience wonder and awe and awesomeness in a different way than we tend to see the stress of things that are purely difficult. So, the 411 on wanted change and stress that I see every year this time of year as we do this whole Ingwa's closure um, is confusion between what care is needed to cope with that change, which brings up the age-old question, shaman or therapist. Why is it age-old? Well, Back when we were animists, which we all were from an anthropological standpoint, the origin of human culture was organized through a lens of animism, and that organization included individual and self-care oriented to nature. We observed animals, forests, ecosystems, and figured out how they got along, dealt with conflict, survived, evolved, and we brought those teachings into our human-centric social groupings and dynamics. We also had this hardwired spiritual aspect of recognizing that not only each of those things had its own spiritual quality, but that they were all connected, which meant we were all connected. We were part of that network. And so the interplay of how we learned from the nature around us and brought that into our human interactions, our interhuman actions, sort of gave this concept birth that shamans were the therapists of the day. This isn't a new concept. It's not something I'm originating. So fast forward a couple of thousand years, subtract animism, demonize shamanism, and here we are. And if you want to get technical about it, demonize therapy too, because only within the last decade have we really started to value emotional, mental, and psychological well-being 
and fostered a collective movement to seek it in our everyday lives. Well, shamanism, well, it's sustained as a thing in terms of thinking it's in the rearview mirror. It's ancient, it's indigenous, it's um, traditional. So it only re-enlivened in the modern West since the 1980s. I began formally studying shamanism in the mid-90s, which doesn't seem all that long ago to me, yet when I do the math, I feel really old. But only in the last five or so years has shamanism become a new age household word. And now you hear it all the time. Everybody and their brother is a shaman, right? Well, what does it mean? And how do we know when to seek a shaman or a therapist? You can argue that shamanism lies at the root of all healing or helping psychosocial technologies. Again, I'm not originating that. Use the Google. You might lose your professional licensure for automatically associating those things or get ostracized from your professional group, but that's a whole other topic. That's, we'll get to that. So my point in affiliating these approaches to well-being is that they're different and shouldn't be confused. I get so many inquiries from people who seek my services as shaman that what they're dealing with really needs the skills of a therapist also. What's the difference, you ask? Well, my master's training in ordination allows me to integrate spirituality, faith, and theology with helping techniques involving diverse life dynamics. It allows me to bring more grounded people skills to my otherwise spiritual shamanic work. I am not, however, a licensed therapist and I don't want to be, though it's imperative that people understand the difference. Shamans focus on bringing balance to spiritual dynamics, plain and simple. They may have more skills to bring into how they do that, though that's the base gist of the healing role of shaman. They perceive imbalance and bring in what's lacking, or they remove what's in excess. Their job is to reallocate the life force of a dynamic to better serve in the new configuration. That's very brass tacks and oversimplified, but there you go. Therapists, depending on their training, aren't necessarily concerned with any of that. Depending on their focus and training, their purpose is to teach life skills, communication skills, emotional literacy, and in some cases, help process trauma and crisis to improve quality of life, to facilitate communication between parties. There are a ton of reasons that people go to therapists, some of which only some of which involve distress. Therapists often serve in the role of teacher to better instill ways of living. Depending on your credentials, this could include a medical background. So just to put this in better focus, the kind of inquiries that bring up this quandary, the stuff that people write to me about, read something like this. I want to learn my life purpose slash find my soulmate slash heal my entire existence. Yet discussion with this person reveals that they're being beaten by their husband slash managing chronic and or life-threatening illness slash possibly experiencing PSD from some life experience. There's almost always this juxtaposition of some deeply seated soul need, want, or drive against some life dynamic 
that is being ignored, honestly. It wouldn't have been brought up if I hadn't asked, which is why I do an extremely thorough intake interview with every new person that I work with. So in all seriousness, which of those things do you think your spirit guides are going to prioritize? The bigger spiritual picture or making sure you get through today? Learning your life purpose or dealing with the mundane distress, finding your soulmate or resolving PTSD, because we all know how starting a new relationship half nuts can go. And yes, I can say half nuts because I've been wholly nuts, been there, done that. Yes. How active can your guide's prioritization be without action on your part of anything, like anything they choose to help you focus on to get where you want to go in life. How active can they really be in that without action on your part, whether it's the mundane thing or the deeply profound spiritual thing? They can't. In fact, they're totally neutered without you, at least until they move on to somebody else. And yes, that happens. I'm currently writing a piece on that. Your guides aren't going to reveal this provocative soul destiny while you're trying to figure out how to live day to day. They want you to manage your life circumstances so that you can have the quiet opening and empowerment and capability to act on their guidance, which will eventually include revelation of life purpose. It, it eventually does for everybody. Likewise, even if they did reveal this profound life purpose or soulmate or whatever in the midst of chaos, how crazy do you think you would go constantly not being able to act on that profound revelation because of your life circumstances? The answer is very crazy. I've seen it. I've lived it. And here's the big takeaway from this episode. I'm a shaman. I don't teach life skills. Your spirit guides don't teach life skills. In fact, they don't even care about your life skills, your crisis, your trauma, or your passion. They don't even really care about your calling. The only thing they care about is you being in the most fit shape possible for them to do their work through you. They can't intervene and suddenly teach you how to communicate better. Soul retrieval isn't suddenly going to instill the knowledge of how to manage a phobia or get out of a bad relationship. It may relieve the symptoms of those things. It may instill a needed sense of self. It may bring you back into balance, into a place of power in the narrative of your own life so that you can better internalize learning those skills so that you can better act from a place of power but it will not automatically impart to you life wisdom that you don't already know that you weren't taught or parented. There's no magic pill because if there was, I would have popped that sucker long ago. And to be very blunt in answering the question of this episode, shaman or therapist, you need both. They address different needs, all of which have to be met in order to be whole, well, and more than highly functional. What order do you see them in? Well, that depends on your circumstances. You need someone who can bring your personal narrative back into balance and through soul healing and someone who can help you gain the life skills to stand in confidence, power, clarity in your life 
so that you can have conscious control over how that narrative shapes. In short, you need life skills. I've said it a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand more. You can do all the soul healing you want, but if you don't have balanced neurotransmitters and solid life skills to sustain that healing, it won't stick. It can't stick. And to try to do otherwise, to try to constantly see a shaman and just heal all the things and reboot all your life force without learning those skills is spiritual bypass. It will not change your life circumstances. And it won't come quickly. In shamanism, in shamanic work or therapy, you can't expect to undo in one session what has taken a long toll to imbalance. You can't expect to learn beneficial skills in one session that you never practiced real time in everyday dynamics. Talking about them, whole different ball game. Safe in the bubble, on the couch with the therapist. Talking about them is one thing. Going out into life and living them in between sessions, whole different ball game. This is life. These are the basics of the Ingwa's initiation, and I want you to do well with it. So what is well? In case you want a target to shoot for, this is what I offer. Our goal in this life is to be a well elder, a mature, responsive, woke human, so that at the point of death, we are fit to be ancestors, to do the parenting, teaching, and leading for those we leave behind that was not done for us. What gets you to that goal? Hint, it's a long-term investment and commitment. That's it for this episode. Now is the best time of your life to get in the best shape of your existence. Make the phone calls. Get the dream team on board to help you do that and cover all your bases. Work with a shaman. Work with a therapist. You do the best you. Don't just do you. You do the best you. And if I can help you with that, I do private shamanic sessions. You can contact me at kelly at solentonarts.com. If you have a question for the show, call in through the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or Apple. Just hit the call-in button to direct a question to me. And also, you can check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes, also a few other platforms. And if you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of awesome ladies, also hosted on Boxer. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird. Be well. <laughs>